Again, and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as, well, actually, he's not here. No Patrick Young for this special WrestleMania Extra edition. Meant to record and publish this over the weekend, but uh, things got a little hectic with our schedule, traffic, and everything else going on in Orlando for the showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania 33. So I just wanted to give you a quick recap of what I thought of the show and what we did over the weekend. I just wanted to check in with you, the Retro Wrestling Podcast listening audience, and give you a recap of the weekend's events, what we did, and how I felt about what we saw on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We left on Monday morning, so we did not stick around for Raw, but I did see what happened on Raw, so we'll talk about it here for just a few minutes on this extra edition of the Retro Now Modern Wrestling Podcast. Our weekend started off Thursday. We left early Thursday morning uh, driving from our hometown of Chattanooga, Tennessee, which meant that we had to beat Atlanta traffic which would only get worse over the weekend as part of the interstate system in Atlanta collapsed, literally. I-85, a section of I-85 North, collapsed due to a fire over the weekend in Atlanta. So luckily we got through Atlanta before that happened. We take I-75 South and we decided also when you need to travel through Atlanta, you need to beat the traffic. So we left early. We left at like 3.30 in the morning on Thursday to beat the traffic to Atlanta. And it worked up until we hit what was... A complete standstill just north of Macon before the bypass that takes you around Macon where a truck, a tractor trailer, was on fire. So we got to sit for an hour in traffic anyway, despite our attempts to avoid it. Getting through the city of Atlanta was actually quite easy. And we got to Orlando at about 2 o'clock on Thursday uh, afternoon. We got lunch, we checked into our Airbnb, and then it was time to attend the OSW live podcast. OSW Review is one of... My favorite wrestling podcast. It's an inspiration for this show. It's really what amped up my love of wrestling is OSW Review. Check it out now, OSWReview.com. The live podcast was incredible. I won't tell you which show they reviewed, but after they finish their TNA storyline that they're currently working on, I believe it will be the next storyline up. You will actually hear parts of the OSW Live podcast. JV1 and Mr. OOC did an amazing job. Uh, We were there Thursday evening. And then after that, uh, we were pretty much done uh, for the day after a long day of traveling to see our lads from Ireland. So we called it a day, and that was how we spent Thursday. Friday, Patrick and myself went to WrestleCon, and he'll be able to tell you a lot about what he did at WrestleCon. He got to interact with a lot of current and former superstars, turns out at WrestleCon of the WWE, TNA, Indies. I mean, WrestleCon was... WrestleCon, in my opinion, is way better than WWE's Access. Now, I know at Access, the signatures are included with your ticket purchase, but you also are limiting yourself to who's on the main roster 
of WWE as opposed to past legends, future legends, other promotions, top stars. Like the fallen angel Christopher Daniels was there at WrestleCon. You're not going to find him at Access. The autographs and photo ops, of course, cost money, uh, which is a downside uh, to WrestleCon, but I really enjoyed the WrestleCon experience. Patrick will be able to tell you more on our next Retro Wrestling Podcast, which will be recorded this weekend. After attending the Friday session of WrestleCon, it was time for the Hall of Fame Class 2017, which we attended at the Amway Center. This year's class, I gotta say, was a little uh, lackluster, in my opinion. DDP's speech really stood out to me. It was the one that opened the show. I thought that it was emotional. I thought that it hit funny parts. It talked about his work with Jake the Snake Roberts and Scott Hall. Uh, He thanked Eric Bischoff. He thanked Jim Ross. Everybody inducted into this class pretty much thanked Jim Ross, who would later return on Sunday, we found out, to the company. Other than that, I didn't have much to say about the other inductees' speeches because, quite frankly, I did not enjoy them. Especially the headliner, Kurt Angle, has a very, very interesting story to tell. I mean, the only Olympic gold medalist to be in this company, and instead of giving us a speech about his problems with drug addiction or anything else, or anything personal, really, instead, Kurt Angle decided to do comedy. It's just not what I was looking for in my headliner Hall of Fame speech. I wanted I wanted something real. I mean, isn't that his catchphrase? It's real. It's damn real. It's true. It's damn true. I just found his speech to be extremely shallow and I did not enjoy it uh, whatsoever the other inductees uh, Teddy Long and Beth Phoenix they had good speeches Rick Rude's family had a great speech nothing memorable this was a skippable hall of fame oddly we rode an elevator with Gabriel Iglesias and somehow did not exceed the weight limit on this elevator so that was impressive Uh, but outside of that I don't have a lot to really add about this this year's Hall of Fame class, the 2017 Hall of Fame class. Saturday, we took it easy. We uh, we pretty much stayed at our Airbnb place. Uh, we went out on the town, and one thing my girlfriend and I like to do is go to thrift shops. So Saturday in Orlando, we spent most of our time at thrift shops. Uh, in Orlando, we did not have tickets to the NXT event. We did manage to make it out to Hogan's Beach Shop, which had opened up on International Drive, a shop dedicated to the Hulkster. Very odd. Big wax figures of Hulk Hogan. The building is red and yellow. There are... If you ever wanted to know what a Hulk Hogan gift shop would look like, well, Hogan's Beach Shop is your place. He was not there. He was doing signings all weekend, but we decided to avoid the the crowd and go after he had already left for the day. Uh, lots of memorabilia in there, including his Viper that he drove into WCW and left with all the money in the trunk, I guess. And then we came home to watch NXT TakeOver Orlando. Uh, the two standout matches to me on the card authors of pain defeating diy and the revival i thought this was an excellent six-man tag i did not like that authors of pain aop retained it hid their shortcomings two big guys in authors of pain very limited in the ring i thought the other two teams took great care of them and made them look as great as possible and uh Really love some of the double team spots they did. DIY doing the revivals finisher and vice versa. Twin suicide dives, the multiple, multiple submission attempts. A very entertaining match from start to finish. The other standout match was Asuka taking on Ember Moon. Really enjoyed that. Did not like to see uh, Asuka revert to heel tactics by bumping the ref at the end of the match to win. Thought that was sort of outside of that. Thought it was a solid match. Uh, Did not like Bobby Roode and Nakamura. 
I, I love those guys. I think they're great uh, entertainers, great wrestlers, but this match, they just don't work well together. And you're going to run into that sometimes. And uh, it didn't work well last time, and it didn't work well this time. So uh, I'd say the TakeOver special overall, not one of the better ones, um, but it was something to watch for a few hours on Saturday night. They sold out the Amway Center, so again, showing the power of this brand. It was very, the crowd was really into it. It was probably the better wrestling show between that and WrestleMania that the WWE produced. I've heard that Super Card of Honor was amazing, though, on Saturday, and that's really probably where I should have been. It was an, about an hour away from where we were staying, uh, but it was only 25 bucks, and uh, from what I hear, it would have been well worth the trip instead of watching NXT TakeOver. Sunday morning started out with a live audio wrestling review away live podcast. If you don't know what live audio wrestling is, go to liveaudiowrestling.com. John Pollock is the gold standard of wrestling reporters. And Wei Ting, I think, is one of the most hilarious co-hosts. Uh, the two of them just work so well together. It was just it was just excellent to see them working together in front of this crowd at the Barley and Vine Beer Garden. They really play off each other well. They play off the crowd well. They just they're so professional. It was very impressive. I th- I just think John Pollock and Wei Ting are just the best. LiveAudioWrestling.com. The Review Away Live podcast was probably my highlight of the weekend. It was my favorite thing that we did. Those guys were super nice. Uh, they didn't mind. I did not hug John Pollock, but which was actually deemed the ultimate thrill ride, was to hug John Pollock, but I did get a picture with him. I did not introduce myself, but that's fine. Uh, I just really enjoy those guys. And I wanted to show up and support them because I this podcast is highly inspired by them as well as uh, OSW Review. So liveaudiowrestling.com. Then it was time for the main event of the weekend. WrestleMania 33. I guess the second biggest WrestleMania under the sun following WrestleMania 24. I did not want to arrive when the gates opened at 3.30 p.m. Just keep that in mind for how late this show ran. This show ran until almost midnight, maybe after midnight. So some people were at Camping World Stadium, the Citrus Bowl, as the WWE refused to call it by its proper name. Some people were in the stadium for nine hours. That was not going to be happening with me and my crew. So Patrick and I did not attend the first portion of the pre-show. Uh, the first two matches of the pre-show, we did not get to see Neville and Austin Aries, which is getting rave reviews. I plan on watching that later this week. And we did not see the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which was wasted on Mojo Rawley because they knew Rob Gronkowski was in the house and they had Rob Gronkowski help his buddy, Mojo Rawley, to victory. But as we've talked about on this podcast before, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is a worthless throwaway match to get people paydays. So really, at the end of the day, who cares who wins it? Dean Ambrose put on a stinker against Baron Corbin, just an absolute terrible, terrible match for the two of them. Uh, It was bumped to the pre-show. It was originally on the main card. It got swapped out with the SmackDown women's title match, and for good reason, because uh, these guys did not put their work boots on for this WrestleMania 33. Very disappointing. By the way, getting into the arena, this was the first match that we saw live. Getting into the arena, I just wanted to bring up the security procedures at Camping World Stadium were unfairly biased towards women in particular with bags. I understand that there's a security, you know, risk to having big bags. Well, guess what? My girlfriend did not have a big bag. She had a clutch. 
In fact, she had a clutch that could fit into a smaller clutch, and they would not let her inside, so she had to Uber. She had to spend an extra $20 to Uber back to our place to drop off her clutch because they would not let her in. That was a security concern. So the night started off very badly. I just want to say that Camping World Stadium security policies suck. Your security officers suck. It's discriminatory towards women in particular because a man... I could be wearing a jacket, and I could have walked through. I'm not going to be carrying a clutch, but she is. And there wasn't even that much in it. A change purse, a phone, that was pretty much it. And no, she could not get let... No, she was a risk. She had to be sent back home because they didn't have lockers available either. So despite spending $100 for a nosebleed seat, which is where we sat, by the way, I didn't bother applying for press credentials because at WrestleMania 30, I work for a media company. I applied for press credentials and got denied, so I didn't even bother applying for press credentials. Oh, by the way, the press credentials, that would have got you in with a bag. But I would have gotten denied the press credentials anyway. This was bullshit that this happened, and it really, it really, really, really started the night off poorly uh, for me and my crew. Nevertheless, Patrick and I went up and watched Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin pre-show match before the main card started. I'm not going to run through the whole card because this is just a, uh, since I'm doing this by myself and this was really just meant to be done over the weekend, but we got lost in the excitement. What can I say? No, we just got, I was too tired to do this podcast over the weekend. So this is why I'm doing it today. I won't go over the whole card. I'll just briefly mention AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. I thought over delivered for a basic singles match. There were no no big Shane jumping off the top of the uh, the roller coaster there that they had constructed for WrestleMania. Kevin Owens defeated Chris Jericho in what I thought was a very lackluster match given the build. I thought this was the best built match on the Raw brand heading into the pay per view, and the match uh, kind of boring, kind of a uh, very slow prodding. Didn't feel like a blood feud. Uh, match didn't feel like a blow-off to a, to a massive angle. The celebration of friend, the festival of friendship culminated in a, uh, rather lackluster showing where Kevin Owens defeated Chris Jericho to capture the United States title. The Raw women's four-way, well, Bailey retained against Charlotte, Sasha, and Nia in what could have been a huge WrestleMania moment, but of course they, they ruined it by... Of course, putting the title on Bailey on an episode of Raw and ending Charlotte's pay-per-view streak before that. So this match lost a lot of steam. The next match, this was probably the highlight of the night easily for everybody in the stadium, at least. And will probably go down as the second most remembered thing that happened on this WrestleMania card when the Hardy Boys returned from a nearly decades-long absence to defeat the club. Cesaro and Sheamus and Enzo and Big Cass, they defeated them in a ladder match. And one night after dropping the Ring of Honor tag team titles are now your Raw tag team title holders as the Hardy Boys with a Z. No broken character, although there were some delete chants, but it looks like the Hardy Boys are just back to being the old Hardy Boys with a Z that we love from the pre-2000 era, I guess, when everything was cooler with an X and a Z in it. So the Hardy Boys return, that was a uh, a huge reaction, the biggest reaction of the night from the, the crowd there. Nikki Bella and John Cena, they defeated Maurice and Miz in what was a waste of a match to get to a wedding proposal. She said yes, by the way. Congrats, John Cena and Nikki Bella. It was true love is difficult to find when you're on a reality show and are pro wrestlers. So 
It's very tough, especially someone that looks like Nikki Bella. It was very, I'm sure it was very difficult for her to find a, a suitable mate. And so, uh, congrats, John Cena. Seth Rollins defeated Triple H, the highlight of this match, Stephanie going through a table. The story of the match was Seth's knee, but Seth somehow, despite having a bum knee, could still do aerial moves like a Phoenix Splash and uh, a Pedigree, a move that involves landing on your knees. Uh, he was still able to overcome Triple H, and Triple H got his comeuppance in a match that took nearly 26 minutes. Randy Orton defeats Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship in a match that included maggots and roaches and other nasty things being projected into the ring. It didn't help Bray Wyatt as he was RKO'd out of nowhere and defeated handily in about 10 minutes. Up next was Goldberg and Lesnar in a match that I thought over-delivered despite only featuring four moves, but they were done multiple times. A brawl, an all-out Monsters Brawl, I would say. Sorry, TNA. For the Universal Championship, it went 445. Lesnar defeats Goldberg with the F5, but it was a, a smash fest. These guys went full speed for as long as they could, which is less than five minutes. But Lesnar delivered 10 Germans to Goldberg, which I thought was really crazy. Hit the F5 go home time exactly what they needed to do for this match the smackdown women's title naomi returned and defeated the entire smackdown women's roster rather forgettable 530 she did win with a submission finish uh, which is new for her but it was good to see that this match got added to the main card naomi's entrance was very impressive as it always is and the orlando crowd popped big for their hometown girl winning the title so a feel-good moment at wrestlemania and then it was time for the unexpected main event this wasn't you know planned on being the main event until fairly recently jim ross got to call this match it's since been announced he signed a two-year deal with the company so jim ross returns to call what would be uh presumably the undertaker's final match as roman reigns defeated the undertaker and as soon as he did I walked out of the stadium uh, because I had a blistering headache. About halfway through WrestleMania, I got the worst headache. Also, Camping World Stadium, the concessions were ill-equipped. They ran out of items. You couldn't get even a bottle of water at the concession area in front of my section. And although the song was green light for this year's WrestleMania, what they actually gave me was a blue light. They shined a blue light into my section absolutely murdered me and i don't usually react negatively to to lights and sounds and pyro but this blue light ruined my wrestlemania i would have to say the blue light was the real winner uh, of wrestlemania and camping world stadium the blue light of course being put there by you know wwe and the rest was all camping world stadium so this blue light beat me in what was a an iron man match of uh WrestleManias because this WrestleMania refused to end. There was also a Pitbull music performance thrown in. I got up and walked uh, with Patrick to the concession area during that time, the uh, the souvenir shop, if you will. Roman Reigns, yes, spears the Undertaker, super spears the Undertaker right out of his career, and that is how WrestleMania 33 would end with the Undertaker leaving all his gear in the ring and then descending back into. Hell, I guess. And there you have it, WrestleMania 33 on Raw. On Monday, we saw Goldberg retire. We saw the Revival appear on the main roster. We saw the Raw debut of the Hardy Boys. We saw the return of Finn Balor. And since Stephanie fell through a table Sunday, of course, she's out of commission for a while. So as expected, new Raw general manager, Kurt Angle. All of that happened on Raw. We'll talk about it more on this weekend's 
Retro Wrestling Podcast, which will tape this weekend. This was just a little extra uh, that I wanted to give you before to, to tide you over, to tide your, to feed you more, as Ryback would say. Our next Retro Wrestling Podcast review will be the WWE Draft as Vince on Monday in 2017, following WrestleMania 33, announced a superstar shakeup, so to speak. Well, that's basically what he did after WrestleMania 20 when they had the draft on March 22nd, 2004, following WrestleMania 20. So that's where we'll go. The second WWE draft. Not the, not the original from 2002. So the first draft in nearly two years on Raw from 2004. That's where we'll go next week on the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex saying, as always, bingo, bingo. So here we go. What on earth? Well, they're the hosts. That doesn't mean you just get to show up whenever you want. WrestleMania. We're also, they're also the longest reigning they, tag champs they, ever. They're coming down here, aren't they? Are they? I think they may be in this matchup. No. What? You can't just put yourself in matches when you're the host. Why not? Ladies and gentlemen, as your WrestleMania hosts, we must inform you that we have just received word. This is insane! 